Hello everyone and welcome to the Business of PT podcast. I'll be your host, JT Moore. In this podcast, we will be interviewing successful physical therapists and learning about their stories in the field of PT. We will discuss a variety of topics such as entrepreneurship, careers, and pathways in physical therapy, as well as important characteristics in becoming a great PT. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and if you liked it, make sure to subscribe to get updates when new podcasts are released. Thanks, everyone. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the podcast. Today, we have the pleasure of having Michelle Perry on with us. She is the owner of Abide Physical Therapy, a cash-based practice, as well as an associate professor at NAU's Phoenix Biomedical Campus in their DPT program. She has earned her DPT, OCS, FAAOMPT, COMT, and PPAC. Thank you so much, Michelle, for coming on to the podcast. Hey, JT. Thanks for having me. Really excited to be here. Yeah, I'm really excited to have you on. Would you be able to just go ahead and introduce yourself to the audience and get a, give a little bit of background of yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Hey, guys. Uh, I am Michelle. Uh, like JT said, I earned my doctorate. I'm from Minnesota, so I earned my doctorate from the University of Minnesota. Uh, I started practicing in Minnesota in the sports medicine realm. And then after practicing in Minnesota, I really just had a desire to pursue more as far as my education. And so uh, I moved out to Arizona. And when I moved out here to Phoenix six years ago, uh, there was an opportunity that presented itself for me to kind of jump right into the manual therapy world, into the orthopedic world. And uh, that opportunity was through Optum Manual Therapy based out of Houston, Texas. And so I, I jumped on that opportunity and completed my orthopedic manual therapy training. And then after that, um, I uh, started teaching alongside of Optum. And so I just really love and have a heart for uh, academics. And so uh, once I started teaching through Optum and teaching some of their COMT courses that really gave me further desire to teach and to learn more and to grow more. And by this point in my career, I was tired. I was tired of school. I was tired of the manual therapy program. And I honestly, I thought that I was done. I had no intentions on going on for anything past my OCS. I had never dreamed of going on for anything past that. And so my, uh, as my kind of heart and mentality became, became to uh, change a little bit, uh, that desire to pursue a fellowship and to go through fellowship training came about. And so uh, for a couple of years, I was, was traveling back and forth between Phoenix in between Houston and I was uh, just going through some rigorous fellowship training through optomanual therapy as well. So it was really great. Uh, it really helped to formulate myself and kind of the goals that I have for myself personally and also how I want to inspire my patients to continue to uh, grow and to continue to push themselves to be better. And so I'm really grateful for the training that I've had and for all the mentors that I've uh, had throughout my career thus far. Outside of the physical therapy world, 
I love hiking. I hike the Grand Canyon at least a couple times a year. And so I'm always training for that. I'm a competitive power lifter. And so I love lifting heavy weights and I love encouraging my patients to to load themselves and to lift heavy weights as well. I love reading and I love spending time with my family and with my friends. So that's just a little bit about me. No, that is perfect. And yeah, I feel like all those things I, I've definitely seen throughout your social media, I'm sure at the end we can share that for people to be able to connect with you and see all those things that you're involved with. But yeah, I just kind of wanted to know what got you into PT and can you kind of explained your career path already, but how did you get introduced to PT and why did you decide to pursue that as a career? Great question. I did not know anything about physical therapy whatsoever. I went, I had grown up from a very young age. Well, I think about the age of five, I had always wanted to be an optometrist. So an eye doctor. And so I grew up playing eye doctor with my siblings and I was pre-optometry in college. I went all throughout college. I applied to optometry school and I was waiting for the next year to come around to enter into optometry school. And that was the path that I chose. And about Four months after I graduated college, I was in a really bad car accident. And so I I initially started receiving, uh, my primary care sent me to a chiropractor and I wasn't getting better as quickly as uh, I wanted to. And so uh, the primary care then sent me over to physical therapy and immediately I saw gains in uh, and just an overall decrease in pain and increase in function, increase in strength. I was able to sit for longer duration, stand for longer periods of time. And so my physical therapist that I was working alongside was OCS trained as well. And so I just started asking a lot of questions because I wasn't, you know, I wasn't in PT school at that time. And uh, I was just really impressed by, you know, that physical therapist that was able to get me back to what I wanted to be doing, just having a normal everyday life, uh, free of pain and free of a lot of challenges. And so as I began to ask questions and inquire and just realize a little bit more about physical therapy, that it's such a diverse career path uh, that really uh, gave me a desire to be able to help others in the same way that my physical therapist helped me. And so uh, I really, uh, some people have asked me like, Hey, like, would you go back? And like, we know that car accident was bad. Would you have changed it for the world? And absolutely not. I would not be where I am today without that car accident. I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful for, uh, the mentors that have been placed in, you know, placed along my path. And I'm just really grateful for the field of physical therapy and for what it has taught me so far. I still have a lot to learn, you know, I'll always be a, a lifelong learner, but that's just kind of a little bit about how I got started on my desire to become a physical therapist. And then, you know, once I knew, then I just started shadowing and getting my hours and I applied and got in and went through the program. There we go. Yeah. I didn't actually know a lot about that story and how you changed. Was that a pretty big process in like being like changing majors and stuff like that? How, how did that go? You know what? It was actually, it wasn't that bad because I was pre-optometry, I was biology. And so I had already taken most of the prerequisites 
to enter into PT school, there were still a couple that I did not have. And so I did have to go back. I just went to community college and I was able to finish up those other two requirement classes. And then I was able to apply once, you know, once I was finished with those. So it wasn't too much of a, you know, drastic change since I was already in the medical field in undergrad. So that helped me out a lot. And that really helped lay the foundation uh, for that. And then there was about, uh, you know, because I, uh, there, there was about a year gap that was going to be in between when I, after I had started my, um, my shadowing hours and applied to PT school. And I didn't want to just sit around, to be honest, and twiddle my thumbs a little bit. And I didn't want to continue to work in the field of optometry. I wanted to get my hands wet and get exposure to exercise and like how that relates to my patients so that I could set myself up well to be a physical therapist. And so I did a one-year intensive master's degree program in exercise physiology with a cardiopulmonary and nutrition emphasis. And that really helped. So doing that master's program really helped set the stage and set me up well to enter into physical therapy school. You know, a lot of people in undergrad, they're kinesiology majors or some people are techs, you know, right before they enter into PT school and that helps. And so, you know, I was able to do another alternative as well. And my master's degree really helped to prepare me for a lot of the core foundation of coursework that was taught in physical therapy school. And just like gave me like more of an understanding, even now when I have patients who like really struggle with their cardiopulmonary system, having that background and also being able to educate patients on nutrition, like all of that is definitely within my scope of practice as a physical therapist, but then also as an exercise physiologist as well. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. I really like that. Like, I feel it's a unique thing that I haven't heard too many people have, like, that they've done that. Um, to people take that master's, and I feel that's going to have huge carryover throughout your whole career with that. Another thing you mentioned, too, previously was about the importance of mentorship and mentors that you've had throughout your career. Um, could you explain a little bit about the value of a mentor, and what are some things that they've taught you that you can still apply today? Yeah, mentors are so sweet. They're so awesome. I have a uh... I have been really challenged by the mentors that have been along my journey. I've had mentors who are not only physical therapists uh, who, who are you know, specialized or who have more years of experience than I do, but I've also had mentors who are physicians as well. And so it's been really nice and I've been really fortunate to be able to have opportunities to surround myself, to be pretty intentional about who I surround myself with and to have family friends who are in the medical field as well to be able to help me to just understand more about the body, understand more about medicine, but to have someone else to challenge me on my thinking process and how I educate patients and how I motivate patients has really transformed my, uh, my practice and how I treat my patients. We come out of school and we're taught, we're taught a certain way of thinking and, you know, being in academics and, you know, being a professor, like there's certain things that we have to teach. We have to teach our, you know, doctoral students. And so 
you you exit school, which is a certain way of thinking and processing. And then to have a mentor to be able to ask you continuous questions so that you can not only know why, like, hey, what's the why? Why am I giving this exercise to a patient? But like how to like clinically understand differential diagnosis and how to be able to apply it and educate it in a way that's going to uh, continue to like build and foster relationships with your patients that you have is something that's just really beneficial. And so the mentors that I've had throughout my manual therapy program, especially throughout fellowship have uh, like, especially when you go through a, a, a rigorous program, like a fellowship program, they will like, you're grilled. It like, it brings me to tears just thinking about it. <laughs> it was just, uh, I don't want to say it was a horrible experience, you know, but it's just, it's very intimidating. You know, you're, it's very, uh, it's, it's scary to, you know, you're already practicing, you're already a doctor of physical therapy. And then you have someone looking at you and looking at how you're treating patients and picking it apart to better, you know, so that you, so that I end up uh, becoming just an excellent clinician. Uh, it was, it was just very beneficial to be able to at, be asked certain questions uh, and just to be challenged in my thinking process, like, okay, Michelle, did you think about doing it this way? Well, what about this? And hey, I think you missed a couple of things. Like, yep, they're coming in with knee pain, but you completely forgot to assess subtalar joint and then look to see what other compensation patterns they're having in their thoracic spine. You know, like things like that. So really being able to push me outside of my comfort zone and outside of going along with uh, sometimes the status quo. Sometimes it's easy when we get ankle patients, or when we get knee patients or back patients uh, as physical therapists, it can be easy to generalize and give and lump those patients and give them all similar exercises. And so uh, my program was really wonderful. And the fact that it, it really challenged and pushed us outside of the generalist mentality uh, and, and outside of thinking about just generalized exercises, like simple exercises are great. You know, like don't, you don't need to rewrite the wheel all the time, but then also too, how do we bring in um, regional interdependence and look at the whole body and look at other ways that we can treat a patient? Wow, no, that's that's great. I feel like that's great insight for anybody that's interested in the fellowship to be able to, um, you provided such great information on what you gain as information and education to be able to improve your practicing clinician skills. Well, thank you for that. Uh, another thing I wanted to ask you, so you opened up your own cash-based practice. It's something that's been more of a, I would say, newer trend in the world of PT. Could you describe it a little bit? Um, and what got you motivated to make that jump from being a clinician to becoming an entrepreneur and specifically in, in the cash-based setting? Yeah, that's a really great question. Yeah, I, uh, I really didn't have the confidence in myself as a clinician before I kind of started off my specializations and started to get, you know, trained in orthopedics and specialized in orthopedics and then go on to fellowship. And so uh, that really uh, being around other people, I mean, I was around 
mentors who also had their own practices. And so, you know, it's kind of like when you surround yourself with uh, people with the same mindset and the same mentality, then it kind of like rubs off on you. And so I was, I was shocked that it, that it had rubbed off on me so much so that I had a desire to open up my own cash-based practice. And so my company, it's a, um, it's a cash-based practice and a concierge physical therapy where I go into patients' homes. My patient population is primarily athletes, uh, I, but I do treat everyone. So anyone from pediatrics to geriatrics, uh, I go into the homes and go into their homes and uh, bring my kettlebells, slosh bars, whatever it is the patients need. And uh, we, we do treatment and we do exercises there in the home. And so it's been really great. I work alongside martial artists and jujitsu fighters. And then I also work alongside runners and moms who are pregnant and postpartum and who are athletes and want to continue to, to move. I work alongside personal trainers. I work alongside everyone. And so it's just really fun. Like I really love being able to be one-on-one with individuals and being able to tailor the care that I'm giving to patients. And so I guess that would be a pro of being an owner of a cash-based clinic is like my care is so specialized and individualized and I can be one-on-one with that individual. And so like, that's really special uh, for me to have that opportunity uh, to do that. And another like really valuable a component that I have learned from being a cash-based owner is just the opportunity to be able to interact with a variety of different people. I have a variety of different patients and, you know, and quite honestly, like I am, I am an orthopedic specialist and my fellowship is specialized in orthopedics. I have also started to uh, transition into other realms of physical and manual therapy um, because sometimes orthopedics just doesn't it doesn't work for everyone and so what you know like if someone who's pregnant or postpartum they might need other help in other ways right and so then that would be woman's health pelvic floor as well and so being able to meet a variety of different people who uh, they, they just want to get better. A lot of times it's more convenient for my patients for me to come into their homes. It's really easy for, you know, the moms that I treat or dads who are working from home or just have like really busy lifestyles. Like a lot of people, then they don't have to get babysitters. So they're loving it. The fact that, you know, now they don't have to drive and they don't have to go somewhere. So they just, uh, they think it's really valuable and I think it's really great. I would say that uh, kind of like a negative and a downside is uh, to having a cash-based practice is, you know, when, when you have your own company, it's all you. And so like right now, like everything is me, like all the marketing, documentation, collections, recording, like payments, all of that is me. If I'm not out there working hard, if I'm not getting referrals, if other patients 
or family members or friends, if they're not spreading the word about me, then that means I don't have an influx of patients coming in too, right? So it's a little bit, it's a little bit different than being in a corporate setting because those things are like, you just walk into work and like, there's your eval, like your eval is already out for the day, or your three evals and like, there's all your follow-ups. But when you're, when you have your own company, you got to work for those patients. And so that's hard. It's hard to continuously have an influx of patients. And uh, so that's one of the, that's one of the challenges of that. I think you also asked the question too, just about, you know, what's one of the biggest uh, challenges of, you know, first deciding to become an entrepreneur, first deciding to become cash-based. And I would say that the education piece for patients to understand like being a cash-based patient is a lot different than being an insurance-based patient. More, you know, most people, pretty much everyone has insurance and they want to utilize their insurance and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Uh, it's uh, what it comes down to is the educational piece of when you, when you do decide to pay cash, when you do decide to uh, entrust your care towards someone who uh, is highly skilled, uh, that person is going to work very, very hard to get you those results that you need and that you want and uh, very quickly. And so I'm like, obviously, like, you know, if you need to be referred to you know, somewhere else, or there's instances where I've, you know, been treating a patient for, you know, multiple sessions. And I'm like, okay, like, I think it's time for us to get a steroid injection. Like there's definitely times for that, but there's time and a place for that. Uh, but what can I do? How can I influence my patients to the best of my ability, to the best of my skills in order to get them the results that they need, the results that they deserve. Well, that, that makes a lot of sense. And that's, I feel like opening up your own cash-based practice has so many uh, unique obstacles to it. That's what I kind of wanted to elaborate on a little bit. What are, you mentioned that you're in charge of your own marketing and your collections and all those things. Um, how did you feel prepared for that? And what are some of the things that you did to better prepare and, and that you've learned along the way in regards to those different parts of not only treating as a clinician, but the business side of it, what are some of those things that you've learned and, and improved in over time? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I knew, I knew nothing, <laughs> you know, <I'm laughs> absolutely zero. Uh, I still know nothing. No, I'm just joking. I know a little bit more, which is good. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, I love, I love treating patients. I'm really good at treating patients and I had to, ask questions. I asked tons of questions to friends who had their own cash-based practice to other people who had gone before me and have had their cash-based practices for years. I'm still currently asking questions. There are, uh, there are forums and there's other websites that are out to, you know, highlight uh, different ways in which you know, and any questions that you do have, if you're thinking of heading along that route, 
there, there's just forums and things that are out there on social media platforms that are available. And so just being able to look at those, being able to ask a lot of questions, that's what has been super, super helpful. The reason why I, uh, I chose, I chose cash versus insurance. Like, so, so to be perfectly honest, like, am I going to receive more patients if I have my own company and if I go the insurance route? The answer is yes, I will, because most people have insurance and they want to uh, utilize it. Uh, I have to work a little bit harder having, you know, a cash-based practice, just, you know, as I stated before, because I need to, uh, just so that patients can understand, like, where exactly, like, what's the value of your money? Where is it going? I, uh, working in other models before where insurance companies are the driver of reimbursement and where insurance companies dictate patients care and how many visits that they get, you know, it, like it works, it works for most physical therapists. Like they're cool with that model and that's fine. It, you know, what it comes down to is it comes down to a personality thing and, you know, just me and my personality, I, I'm just not, you know, I'm just not a fan of the whole model. And so that's, that's my reasoning for cash is uh, because I, I, I just really value and appreciate uh, the model that I do not have anyone else bossing me around. We all know I don't like when people boss me around. So <laughs> it's like super fun to be able to, you know, do my own thing and to not have to worry about insurance reimbursements and how many visits and that kind of thing. Like, I can, the patient, the patient decides it's in my patient's hands. So they're in full control. And that's ultimately what I want is I want, you know, I really want my patients to get better. I want them to get better quickly. And I want them to have full control and not someone else having control over their plan of care. No, I love that. And I love that you're able to, with cash base, you're the one providing that care specifically just you and that that's such a cool model that they're in control of because yes, they are in control of the treatment to a certain extent in, in insurance space and other models, but those other things do limit and kind of affect treatment plans and, and what we can do exactly. Um, you've done a lot of stuff. And one thing I wanted to ask is why did you get into academia? Why you mentioned a little bit that you really enjoyed it and it was fun. Um, but why did you decide to pursue that, that portion of your career? What would you say are some of the steps for a student physical therapist, or your own clinician, if they are interested in getting into academia? Well, I'm a pretty honest person and I think, well, I, I know, I don't, I don't think I'm a, uh, I'm super playful and I just have a like really lighthearted and playful personality. And I just knowing me and knowing my personality and remember remembering when I would sit in class in PT school, like, I ain't gonna lie, I would sometimes fall asleep. It wasn't a lot, <laughs> but there were a couple times and, you know, or like, like you're dazing and like looking at the ceiling. And so like, just wanted a little bit more like flavor, spice. And so I just wanted like, knowing me, knowing my like fun little crazy self, 
I really wanted to be able to make the classroom super fun and super um, energetic, you know, as we're having discussions, we're talking about different types of manual therapy techniques. And so I just wanted to also be a resource for students, uh, for soon to be doctoral physical therapists to be able just to like have even like a little bit of like a breath of fresh air, if that makes sense. PT school is super stressful. Like you guys are under a lot, like, and to be able to, you know, have other professors that are present to be lighthearted, lighthearted, like, all, like there's goals and we have things to accomplish, but at the same time too, we can also have fun learning about the body and learning about patients. And so I just really wanted to be able to bring that into the classroom. And then uh, I also wanted to be able to uh, be a resource and be a mentor so that other students could learn from the knowledge that I have in orthopedics and in manual therapy. So for me, it's all about giving back. It's all about giving back to the profession and how can I serve those around me? How can I serve my profession? And so uh, that that's honestly where my heart was is, hey, like what's the best way to use some of my gifts and some of my gifts and talents are uh, just being a powerful uh, speaker and educator uh, on, on on information. And so knowing that, uh, I knew that I just really wanted to be able to utilize uh, my gifts to be able to break down, you know, like whatever, like break down certain techniques or certain manual therapy treatments to make it more palatable or more fun to learn. Um, so I think that answers your first question. Was your second question like steps what, that can you repeat that second one? yeah yeah um no that was great uh what are some steps that if a if a student physical therapist or young clinician wants to get into academia what are some things that they could best do to prepare for that oh that's a good question uh okay so one of the things that they're looking at nowadays are kind of like what sets you apart from the rest you know, obviously you need to be a strong educator. To be honest with you, they, uh, schools now are really looking for those who are set apart. And so when I, when I say set apart, set apart is uh, defined as those who have chosen to, you know, go and get specialized. So whether that is, um, so right now it's like, it's a PhD, so it's in research. You go and you get your PhD uh, if you want to teach in PT schools. And then uh, right now, the other option too is to get your clinical, it's called your um, your clinical education. It's a, it's a doctoral program that you go through to be an educator. Uh, and so uh, those, that's kind of what they're looking at nowadays uh, for academics and for any type of interest into that. It does help when you're set apart, when you have, you know, your OCS, your SDS, your GCS, your NCS, uh, or your oncology specialist. It really does help to have those. It really does help to be fellowship trained. Uh, those are those are people who, you know, have dedicated the 
time and the energy to uh, to really knowing uh, and understanding what does research, what does literature have to say, and like how can I incorporate it uh, in with their patients. And so, uh, unfortunately, it, it it is having certain titles, you know, behind your name. I mean, I hate to say that, but I definitely do not claim like people think that like oh like oh my gosh like I'm gonna bow down and worship you at your feet you're a fellow fellow and I'm like oh my gosh are you joking like I haven't been practicing that long and there's so many other mentors and people that have gone before me and even physical therapists in general who are not specialized but who have vast amounts of experience and 20 30 years on me like those are the people that I want to freaking be around you know like those people are awesome they've been in our field for such a long period of time and have been fighting for us and fighting for the profession and they've hung in there and you know they're still going and like they're amazing no yeah thank you for thank you for giving that insight and for those practical steps that a student physical therapist or clinician can take for that um something that we had mentioned kind of prior to uh, recording everything you we talked about we mentioned a little bit about it in pt school but it's burnout and you've obviously done a lot in your career already um you're doing a lot of things and, and being involved in so much have you experienced burnout and what are some things that you've addressed and how have you um, combated that because that's a big thing in, in physical therapy that we've learned about in our career and how have you gone about managing that and could you just address that a little bit yeah for sure yeah um um, I'm currently burned out. No. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. Burnout is very real. It is very real. And I, uh, uh, I have struggled. I have been practicing over seven years now. And so in seven years, it's not a long time, but I would, I would say that, uh, this past year, uh, it, this past year, year and a half is probably my most challenging being a physical therapist. And to be honest, like if I'm going to be really honest, I understand the podcast that I'm on. Um, but I'm also going to be honest and say that like, hey, I've wanted out. I have wanted out. And uh, unfortunately, that's really sad for me to say because uh, I really love this profession and I really fight for my patients. One of the reasons as to why I have wanted out um, is because of my patients. <laughs> you know, it's uh, yeah, and, and and I'm talking about I'm talking about the patients that I was treating when I was in the kind of the corporate setting, and so. Um, we are first responders. We are medical providers. And I, I like I said, I, I fight. I fight really hard for people that I care about. And I really care about my patients. And so uh, I've always been a fighter for them. One of the things that I've realized is that not everyone wants to be healed and not everyone wants to get better. And so uh, it, it's always been challenging for me to provide really you know, what I think is great treatment and to give patients tools to put in their toolbox. And it's kind of confusing when they 
just kind of like stare at you like you're an alien and are like, well, I saw you, you know, last week for my eval. Why am I not 100% healed yet? Or like, you know, you've been seeing them for a couple months and, you know, they're not doing anything that you ask of them. And I think that's actually really common. Uh, and, you know, when, when we're treating our patients. And so uh, it's, it's always just been kind of confusing to me, like, hey, I gave you tools for your toolbox. And like, are you using them? No, like, I'm good. I don't, I don't want to use them. And so like, that's, that, that's been challenging for me just because I want them some, there's been several times where I want my patients to get better more than they want to get better. And so when you emotionally, uh, when you become emotionally uh, attached like that, when you start to take that on, when I have started to take that upon my shoulders, uh, as it relates to my patients, that is what has uh, led to my frustration with my, you know, with my patients, if I'm being completely honest, just frustrated that they're not taking the bull by the horns and they're not taking care of themselves and that they're being provided like really great tools in order to do that. So, you know, when you, when you go through that, when you see that and don't understand why things aren't changing for those patients, you, you know, you do have to step back and you do have to say, okay, well, like what kind of care, Michelle, are you providing? Is it quality care? Are you giving them everything they need? Yes, yes, yes. The answer is yes. So then at that point, like I have to step back and I have to step away and I can't continue to emotionally invest and pour myself out, you know, to my patients. And I also have a life outside of my patients, you know, like I've got family, I've got friends that, you know, I love and that I have to take care of. And so uh, burnout happened, has happened for me personally, just because I'm trying to manage all these things and you're going into work every day and working so many hours and you want your patients to get better and a lot of times they're not just because they're not kind of taking taking things into their own hands or utilizing what's being uh, placed in front of them one of the things that i've i've learned and recognized with myself uh, is is that i just get so emotionally invested and so i uh, I really, I, I combat that by doing some heart checks, like, hey, Michelle, like, you know, like, where's your heart? Like, how are you? How are you doing? How are you feeling? Like, when I start to get, and it typically happens, like, about every, like, three or four months, like, I'll go on a vacation, I'll come back, I'll be good for a few months, or, you know, like, a month, I'll be good, and then after a month, then I start to um, you know, just like fight really hard for my patients. And so what I've started to do is like kind of do a check-in with myself so that I'm at every week just learning what it means to release my patients and like, and giving them more opportunities to be able to take ownership of their life, to be able to take ownership of, you know, cause it's, uh, so, to, so, so ownership in what other ways is also the question, right? So, uh, you know, because of my exercise physiology and nutrition background, uh, I, I, I'm pretty bold with my patients is not just exercise. What are you eating? What are you not eating? What are you drinking? What are you not drinking? All of that is composed into, you know, their plan and their rehab and their success. And so, uh, 
being able just to give them more opportunities to take control and take responsibility of their life. I've noticed that that has just taken a huge burden off of me and off of myself. And, um, you know, sometimes when we, when we want things bad enough, when we want things bad enough, we'll go after it and we'll, you know, we'll chase after it. And so I had to learn to stop holding hands with all of my patients and to allow them to, you know, to, to fly, you know, to fly out of the nest a little bit, not baby them so much and coddle them so much. So that's what I've learned. And, 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 and that's been really helpful just to protect me and protect my, just my, my mentality, my mind and protect my heart. Cause uh, you know, we're, we're more than physical therapists. We wear multiple hats, you know, we're counseling, we're educating, we're, um, we're, you know, really getting into the thick of things sometimes with patients. Patients are going through hard things. We all go through hard things in life. Like life happens. Like I've had so many cool opportunities where like patients have had like deaths in the family or have had just like really challenging things or like going through like a divorce. And so like, it's just been like really, it's hard sometimes, but it's also really cool because like, then I can like send them meals or send them flowers or like, you know, like whatever. But, you know, as physical therapists, we, we do have an opportunity to be able to spend more time with our patients and to be able to develop relationships with them. And so uh, a lot of times we can be so emotionally invested in our patients. And so it's just really important to know that, to recognize that, to recognize when you're getting tired um, and not just and new grads are so eager uh, to work and that's great y'all have a lot of energy and like keep it going but at the same time too like have to take have to take rest breaks have to take vacations you know I say like three a year and like we're not talking like week or like two week long vacations but you know like three four days you got to step out you know of the clinic and step away and just do things that bring you life and bring you joy and that motivate you and uh, things other, you know, outside of serving other people. Um, It's just really important. Thank you so much for opening up and being so vulnerable with that topic. I know it's something that's, that's mentioned a lot, but thank you for sharing your insight and everything that you've experienced and things that you found to be able to combat that and address that. So thank you so much again. Um, I want to respect all of your time and everything, and you've shared so much great content already. If someone is interested, though, in being able to talk to you more and contact you, what would you say is the best way to go about that? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, the best way to get a hold of me is going to be on Instagram. You can find me on Instagram at michelle.dpt. So my handle is michelle.dpt for Doctor of Physical Therapy. Uh, that's the best way to get a hold of me. You can also find me on Facebook as well. You'll find me at the handle of michelle.dpt. So either of those, Facebook and Instagram are great. I'm more than happy to answer any questions that anyone has. Perfect. And to yeah. connect. Yeah, even if you just want to connect. No? Yeah. There we go. Thank you so much. Yeah. No, And I'm sure that like people will get a lot of information from this and a lot of knowledge to be able to go out as we're 
seeking to pursue specializations, we're wanting to get in academia, and even if we're wanting to open up our own cash-based practice, all those things that you shared with us today. Um, but thank you so much, and yeah, thanks for coming on. Yes, absolutely. Thanks, JT. Thanks so much for having me. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Michelle. We'll talk to you later. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the podcast. I hope you liked that episode. If you did, make sure to subscribe and also leave a review. Thanks, everybody, and we'll see you next time.